Greetings, and welcome to the Continental Drift. I'm Andy Valver. So today is VE Day, or Victory in Europe Day, the day the Germans surrendered and World War II ended. After six years of fighting, millions of lives lost, cities destroyed, you'd think we'd learned our lesson and would never have another land war in Europe. Did we learn from that awful war that men can resolve their differences by talking to each other? That men can set aside their egos and negotiate? That men can compromise and realize that you can't have it all? Well, today we know that men cannot do that. And so as we remember VE Day here in the EU, all the horrors of events 77-plus years ago are repeating themselves in Ukraine. But what I don't understand, and what I keep asking myself, is why we can't learn from history. Why do we think that raining down fire and destruction on innocent civilians is acceptable behavior? Has watching it on television made it mundane? Has this generation been playing so many shoot 'em up video games that we're inured to violence? There are so many violent films out there with people getting killed, but then they come back in another movie. People seem to forget that life is not a movie. When you get killed, you're dead, and you stay dead. Is it because the generation that lived through those horrors is dying out? That there is no authoritative voice to remind us of the folly of war? Our parents lived through World War II. They're called the greatest generation for a reason. But the few that are left are now old, and the world doesn't care for old people. It's a pity, because most old folks know a lot. They have wisdom, which young people do not. Old people have the benefit of distance and vision and history. Young people do not. And this is not a knock on young people. But there are a lot of younger people who clearly have no recollection or no connection to those that lived through the horrors of World War II. Yes, we all know that war is wrong. That war is an absolute waste of time, energy, resources, people. And yet, old men continue to send young men to die. I'm not the first to say this, and I won't be the last. But if they are willing to send young men to die, then they should go first. We could watch world leaders fight each other in a cage match, make it a pay-per-view, bread and circuses. I don't know. I'm sure I'm not the only person frustrated by the events in Ukraine. And it's not just Ukraine. Man's cruelty to man knows no bounds. And it will continue, year after year so, yes, there are ceremonies today. Wreaths will be laid. Speeches will be made. Heartfelt words will be uttered. And yet, war continues to rage just a few thousand kilometers away. And today, more young men will die. Okay, end of rant. I read a great book this week, Bill Browder's new book, Freezing Order, 
Bill Browder, as you may or may not know, is the author of Red Notice. He ran a hedge fund in Moscow in the 90s after the Soviet Union collapsed when oligarchs were robbing the Russian government blind, paying pennies on the dollar for huge national companies. Anyway, he and his team uncovered a $237 million tax fraud. They reported it to the Russian authorities. And when his lawyer, Sergei Magnitsky, pursued the matter, he was arrested. The Russian authorities, caught red-handed, turned it around and accused him of the tax fraud and tried to get him to confess to a crime he did not commit. When he refused, they beat him to death in prison. Bill Browder then made it his mission to bring the people to justice. And one of the instruments he created to do that is the Magnitsky Act. Initially, the Magnitsky Act was to punish Russian officials for the death of Sergei Magnitsky. It was signed into law by President Obama in 2012. The Global Magnitsky Act of 2016, which overwhelmingly passed Congress, authorizes the U.S. government to sanction foreign government officials worldwide who are deemed to be human rights offenders, freeze their assets, and ban them from entering the U.S., Similar versions of the Magnitsky Act have been passed in a lot of governments around the world. And that has pissed off the Russians. Since then, they've accused Bill Browder of stealing the money. Bill Browder and his team found out where the money went and proved it in court. But the Russians wouldn't stop harassing him. He's been the subject of many red notices, arrest warrants from Interpol, that have been requested by the Russians. Anyway... Bill Browder's new book, Freezing Order, details the lengths to which Russian authorities have gone to get the U.S. to rescind the Magnitsky Act, to get someone to arrest him and extradite him to Russia, where he would no doubt spend the rest of his days in prison. Oh, and even after Sergei Magnitsky was dead, they put him on trial and convicted him of fraud. The first time ever a dead man has been put on trial. Gee, might not be so bad to be guilty. What'll they give him? Life? It's a terrific book. Reads like a Ludlum thriller, and what makes it all the more startling is that it is nonfiction. Meanwhile, oligarchs are in the news again this week. German broadcaster Deutsche Welle has an interesting story about how seven Russian oligarchs, many of them involved in the oil and gas industry, have died since January. Most of them committed suicide, but some also killed their wives and in some cases a child before killing themselves. Most were in Russia, but one was in the UK and another in Spain. Man, it really seems like Russia is Murder Incorporated. The authorities are investigating, well, at least the authorities in Spain and the UK are. And here's another oligarch tidbit which made the headlines. Italian authorities have seized a $700 million yacht allegedly owned by Vladimir Putin. Apparently, it was just getting ready to set sail to join the party in the Turkish port of Budrum, where oligarchs are rushing to park their yachts because the Turkish government thinks these guys are just swell. Apparently, one of Roman Abramovich's yachts is already there. And finally, everyone has their eyes on Russia and what is going to happen there. You see, Russia celebrates its VE Day, or Victory Day, as they call it, on May 9th. And analysts are wondering what Putin will do. 
Some are suggesting that Putin will use the day to declare war on the West, which will allow him to mobilize more young men, cannon fodder, if you will, to fill out his armed forces. Others say that he will use it to announce that the special operation in eastern Ukraine is over and it's a victory. My bet is he declares war. He's in deep, and the only way he can keep justifying Russian actions and sending young men to die in Ukraine is to call it a war. I really hope I'm wrong. But Putin has his back to the wall. We'll see. Thanks for giving me some of your precious time. I'm Andy Valver, and this is The Continental Drift.